As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are the ladies of Spark My Interest. My name is Diana. Let's <laughs> <laughs> so, give a little prayer. I'm Deborah. It's simply taboo. <laughs> I'm Jesse. Or... Oh, oh my god. god. That's not <laughs> No, we it gets so interesting. It gets even more. Oh my gosh. What? You guys, I think it's been about a year and a half since I got a haircut. Yeah. I'm about that way. My hair is going to hit my waist. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I'm sitting, it is at my waist. Well, I think my hair is long and then I come over and see Deborah and I'm like, "Oh god, no. She's got Oh me my goodness. Just to give you guys an idea, like Debra could be topless and not show anything right now. It is a mermaid length right now, and it's only getting more and more every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm looking like, like Cousin It. If I just <laughs> hold it in front of me. <laughs> so it's like Mermaid, Cousin It, Rapunzel. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Jesse, your hair is pulled back right now. What is it normally? Oh, you want to see? Yeah. It's about that it's long. It's getting pretty long, too. Okay, yeah. So it's- Tip of the nip. <laughs> Maybe just, just, re- maybe just those the are the stages of hair. You got tip of the nip, <laughs> then you got mermaid, then you got cousin it, then, then you got, you got Rapunzel, Rapunzel, and after that, it's just freak show from there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Well, I'm glad we can speak hair, ladies. Mm-hmm. Outside of hairdos, how's everybody doing? Um, <laughs> I had an interesting experience with a mouse the other day. Maybe we should uh, do that as our spark me up. I think we should spark it up. So we had some mice in our apartment a while back. They got in through the, like a little hole they chewed through the dining room. And mm-hmm. we had, we've since caught them in humane traps and uh, released them. And Thank you had, for saying that. I Define like, oh, humane. Uh, it's like this little plastic container that opens up on one side and has peanut butter on the other side. So they walk in to get the peanut butter and it just closes up on them. And it's got air holes for them to breathe. So you can just pick them release up, them. take them somewhere and release them out the back. So, um, got the hole patched and my landlord had some guy come in to like set more traps and look for where they, where else they could get in. And like back behind the stove, there's like a, an entry point for the gas line. And so he set some of these sticky traps up. Aww. And so I'm like, oh, I'm not really thrilled with those, but it's my landlord. I can't really say what goes in here. So a couple nights ago, 
right around midnight. I was just coming down into the kitchen and I hear this like squeaking sound, like squeak, 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 squeak. Oh no. You know, and I, I look under the stove with a flashlight and sure enough, there's a, a little mouse caught in a sticky, sticky trap. Stuff? And he had like three legs out? stuck down, his face was stuck down. <gasps> and so I was like, ah, I can't leave him like that. So I, I remember that he said, if my kids stick their fingers on the sticky trap just to use peanut butter. So I just got to get it off to get it off. Yeah. And so I, I got some rubber gloves and just got a big glob of peanut butter and just like took him out to the, the porch and like massaged the peanut butter in until he was released and just, he tried to bite me a few times. (laughs) I was like, Hey, I'm trying to help you. And then he just darted off. So much for doing that. I just couldn't watch him suffer. I was like, I I can fix this. Get rid of those sticky traps. I did. I threw them all out. Good. Tell your landlord he's a dick. It's a woman, she but <laughs> she is a dick. She is a dick. You yes. know, I don't, I don't falter. She's actually a really good landlord. I think it was just one of those things where she was just doing the usual thing and didn't consider it and just said, they'll take care anyway. of it, whatever they do, you know? And so. Oh my gosh. I'm so grateful you You saved that. a mouse. Yes. I saved a mouse. for doing that. That was this, your Saturday night? Is that what you said? I'm sorry. It was Friday night. Yeah. It was my Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I slept, I but I'm like, I'm, I can't sleep with this knowledge of this thing in here so i was like i gotta no yeah and they like peanut butter so he was probably thrilled after oh i bet he was lathered in it he was (laughs) his whole like friends were probably like i'll help you clean that off yeah (gasps) wow well i'm im sparked up on pure love and joy for my fellow (laughs) co-hosts well thank you for that i have a sparkler spot okay Our sparkler spot of the week is Karen from Minnesota. She says, The Karen? Well, here's what it's all about. It says, I'd like you three to weigh in. My name is, unfortunately, Karen. Mm -hmm. I used to like my name up until about 2019 when all disgraceful people of the world started to be referred to as Karens. Mm -hmm. I, for obvious reasons, cannot wait to see this popular term be put to bed. It seriously cannot happen soon enough. So with as many tired phrases that there are out there, I'd like to know which ones bother you all the most. Signed, a quality human being, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry that happened to you, Karen. That sucks. I know. I've got a few friends that are Karens and I feel bad for them. My son has a little friend, Karen, who's like his age four, and she's just sweet as can be. Are you like, maybe we should start calling her Carrie? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I I don't really use the phrase. I don't either. Oh, she's such a Karen. I don't really do it. Yeah, I try not to do that. But as far as the question, did she wanted to... Phrases, yeah. And when I read it, the first one that came to my mind Mm -hmm. is... It's always on Facebook, and I think a lot of us are on social media a lot more these days. Yeah. I hate it when people write, and just like that, oh. and just like that, he's five, or, and just like that, another <laughs> year is around the corner. I'm like, would you rather them have else. yada, 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 or? <laughs> I, honestly, yes. I'd rather you just say, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's five, or wow, it's 2021, you or know? just. He turned five. Yeah. Yes. Happy birthday. My son is five. I hate the expression butterface. Oh, everything but her face. Yeah. Yeah. She's a total butterface. I'm not a big fan of everything happens for a reason. You know, mm. I feel like it's overused. It kind of pushes people's feelings away too. Like, well, 
everything happens for a reason. So you're in a load of shit, but don't worry. There's a reason for it. <laughs> yeah. like, thank you. I don't like, we did a thing. I, I did a thing. That. Or this. Absolutely no one, colon. Oh, and then yeah. so-and-so does this random thing. It would be like, you know, some- I love doing laundry on Sundays, said absolutely no one. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Those I kind of think are funny as long as they're I, I can handle those. Yeah. I, handle I just feel like those. it's overdone. It's just everywhere now. So I feel like we came up with some pretty good ones. Mine, definitely, I think, I mean, all of these were great. Yeah. But I'm going to steal, I'm going to stick true to my original thought of, and just like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because what is that? You know what I mean? That's the same thing with thing. I have to stick to, we did a thing. Mm-hmm. I hate that. I hate the use of the word thing for everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Jesse just. Mine was, everything happens for a reason. I mean, it's just yeah, like. That's annoying. It's too. like an identity that's statement. It's like, it is what it is. It's like, it's unnecessary to say. Another one I don't like. It is what it is. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. You it know is what I it will is. say in this pandemic, though, we do say it is what it is quite a bit in my <laughs> industry. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's sort of being like, I guess you could you just shorten it to COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, we appreciate you writing in, mm-hmm. Karen from Minnesota, and we feel for you with the misuse of your name, which is a good name. I, I know like that mm-hmm. name. I've always liked the name Karen. Cool. All right, so it's article time. It is article time. Who would like to go first? I guess I can go first. Okay, Diana, you take it away. Mine is from an article from the BBC. It is by Sarah Keating from July 8th, 2020. I'm not going to read the title. So on Friday the 13th, September Mm. 2002, there is a man. His name is Jason... Paget, Jason. I know, right? On Friday. Oh the my 13th. gosh! I'm like, huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's funny about Jason now? Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So he was 32 at the time. He was very much involved in just wanting to party and meet girls. That was his life. That and that's what he liked. He was a futon salesman at his dad's company. It's called Planet Futon, and this was in Tacoma, Washington. So one night, as usual, he's leaving a bar. He ends up getting hit from behind. He gets like mugged for his leather jacket, of all things. Mm. Uh, Somebody came up, hit him. Yeah, these two guys came up and they they got him good. He said, I felt this deep, low-pitched thud as the first guy ran up behind me and smashed me in the back of the head. And I saw this puff of white light. Just like someone took a picture. The next thing I knew, I was on my knees and everything was spinning and I didn't know where I or how I got there. So luckily for him, there was a hospital across the street. Oh, wow. Over there. Yeah. He staggered over there. Oh, my God. Yeah. And what's weird to me is, I mean, this article, it it just says that he was he went in and they were like, yeah, you got a concussion. And they gave him like a pain medicine and sent him home. That was it. Jeez. But as soon as he got home, and I, I, I've never, I've never heard about what I'm going to describe here. But if some people out there have a traumatic brain injury, mm-hmm. they develop forms of OCD. Really? really, I had no idea. And his, like, as soon as he got home, he was like, he gradually for three years became extreme germaphobe and extreme agoraphobic. 
And he even listed well, I've like I've heard of agoraphobes after an accident because they're just afraid to go out in the world again. But I haven't heard yeah, about that. Yeah, I had thing. no idea. But he I mean he even says like I was uh, like taping and stapling and gluing towels and sheets and everything to the windows. Jesus. So that like nothing could get in. And then he even uh glued his front door shut, which is odd because he had a, a small daughter that he was still working on a custody battle with his, I think, girlfriend mm. at the time. So she would come and visit him. And because of his, you know, because he's such a germaphobe, he would immediately be like, we got to put you in clean clothes. You got to scrub your hands. And the little girl was like, what happened to daddy? This lasted for three years. So on top of that, he started seeing things very differently. Like just visually seeing things. And the first one was water. Water looked different to me. And he says, everything that was curved looked like it was slightly pixelated, he explains. Water coming down the drain didn't look like it was smooth, flowing thing anymore. It looked like these little tangent lines. So they describe that his world now looked like a retro, like pixelated video game. That's how he was seeing objects. Here. And he became obsessed with them. And so on the rare occasions that he would go out, and the only reason why he was ever really going out was to get food, he ended up getting so obsessed with the visions that he was seeing that he was drawing fractals. And they describe that in basic terms. If you were to look at a snowflake under a microscope, you would continually zoom in, you see smaller snowflakes, smaller, 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 smaller. You keep going down there and seeing just how like infinite that design is. Mm -hmm. Well, he got obsessed with it and he was drawing them constantly, different colors, different design, different everything. This poor and, guy. Yeah. Well, and then he couldn't, like he needed them with him at all times. So he was carrying them in a mall and just so happened to run into a man. It says he he was approached by a man who noticed the drawings and he told them that they looked very mathematical. So this man was a mathematician at the University of Miami. And he was he said, I'm trying to describe the discrete structure of space-time based on Planck length and quantum black holes. And like Jason's like fascinated by this. He's like, wait, there's like words for this. There's like, there's more than just me being like seeing these things and drawing it. And so this um, physicist is like, you have to go take a math class. Please take it. Like this is, he's like gifted now, isn't he? He's totally gifted. So he ended up going, taking math at, a, at the local college. And that's where he ended up meeting his wife. So like his whole life has changed because of this. Mm -hmm. He has what you would call acquired savant syndrome. Mm -hmm. So acquired savant syndrome are instances in which dormant savant skills emerge, sometimes at a prodigious level after a brain injury or disease in previously non-disabled Neural, uh, neurotypical persons where few such skills are evident before. Mm -hmm. So he was like not good at math and now he is a mathematician. How crazy. Yeah. It's sort of so, like you have this fuzzy TV of a head and then like somebody knocks it and it well, suddenly and it's TV, a clear image. TV was such an inspiration to him because 
he he just saw like the pixels of Mm -hmm. TV and like his daughter had asked him like, what is TV? And he goes into this description that like when I read it, I was like, what is he even saying? (laughs) This is his answer to his young daughter. When you're looking at a TV screen and you see a circle, it's really not a circle. It's made of with rectangles and squares. And if you look close, the edge of the circle is really a zigzag. You can take those pixels and cut them in half and cut them in half and you get closer and closer to a perfect circle, but you will never actually reach one because you keep cutting the pixels in half forever. So the resolution gets better, but you never have a perfect circle. <laughs> You're like, I don't know how old this daughter is, but I just picture a three-year-old like, yeah, like, <laughs> daddy, what is TV? How does it work? That's his description of it. He has his own website where he sells um his drawings, and he wrote a book. It's called Struck by Genius, hmm. How a Brain Injury Made Me a Mathematical Marvel. It's highly rated. It's on um, Google Books. Uh, what was fascinating with him, too, is like the, so many people took an interest in Jason, and they sent him to Helsinki to get researched by these like top math, mathematicians the and also, also doctors, and they got him in an MRI, and in the MRI, they would flash some real math equations and some fake ones. Mm-hmm. He knew. And no, they just wanted to watch his brain work and to see what part of his brain was working. And what's interesting is while in the MRI scanner, hundreds of equations, including fake ones, flashed on a screen in front of Paget's eyes. The researchers then watched which part of the brains lit up in response. They found I had parts of the brain that we don't have conscious access to and also the visual cortex was working in conjunction with that part of the brain that does math which obviously makes sense so like he's using a part of his brain that we don't even use isn't that so frustrating to know that we have this amazing computer mm-hmm. that we don't use like to. i think it's like less than 10 percent of uh that's that's kind of a mis- misconception misconception yeah. yeah it's anyway yeah go ahead more like 11 <laughs> Yeah, well, I'd I'd like to finish this article with Mm -hmm. just his last quote. And he just says, you should be walking around in absolute amazement at all times that reality even exists. I'm having this mathematical awakening and all around us is absolute magic or about as close as you can get to magic. Puts things in perspective, that's Uh for sure. Oh, and another interesting thing is those two guys that attacked him, they pinpointed who they were, but they were never taken in for it. And I don't know why they didn't go into the specifics. But one of the guys ended up two years after the accident having, he went into rehab and sought him out to apologize for what he did. Interesting. I mean, it's so weird when you started it out. I'm it's like, like it's all good. <laughs> downer. Mm-hmm. This poor guy, like mm-hmm. his whole life is ruined. And then it takes his turn and, and you're like, wow. No, yeah. And he ended up getting married because of it. And he has a son now. So he's got two kids and he's a mathematician and like really enjoying seeing the world for differently. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and going to class and everything, it got him past the agoraphobia and that's great. the OCD. So it's just, I, I loved the story. Yeah. It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hope that the people like him get found. You know, like there's got to be a few out there that, are, that haven't been, but it's nice to know that they're, they're finding their way in the world because I think they're going to come up with some really cool stuff. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right, Jesse, you wanted to go second. Yeah. This comes from uh, Ripley's.com and it was published 
January 28th of 2021. I don't know if you guys have been following the whole GameStop stock situation on oh, Wall yeah. Street and how it's kind of yeah. broken Wall Street. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I was just kind of looking at Wall Street stuff and came across this little gem from history. You guys have heard of the Wolf of Wall Street, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. But have you ever heard of the Witch of Wall Street? No, no but I'm totally into it. Okay. Let's, let's hear about this gal. <laughs> so this woman's name was Henrietta Howland Robinson, okay. uh, known as Hetty Green. And uh, she was born in 1834. So this is like old Wall Street. Her father was in business with her grand- her maternal grandfather in the whaling industry. And he was a real kind of money-focused guy that's like, don't give people kindness, don't give people money. It's all about increasing the family wealth. He was supposed to have a son that he was going to take in to the family business, but her younger brother passed away as, as a baby. And so he decided to make her the heir apparent and um, leave all of his knowledge to her in terms of making money. So isn't it crazy to think that if the, the son had lived, he'd been like, eh, screw the daughter. Yep. Just pass it on to the boy. Ugh, it's frustrating. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time she was six years old, she was learning how to read the financial section of the newspaper. That's and, awesome. <laughs> and at 13, she was managing finances for the family business. So when she turned 30, she was expected to present to society for marriage. And her father bought her $1,200, which is like $10,000. Tens of thousands of dollars worth of dresses with the expectation that she hit both the Boston and New York circuits to find a rich husband. But instead, she sold the dresses and invested in government bonds. <laughs> Good for her. Screw this shit. So when she was 25, her mother died and uh, she left her entire estate. Her mom was the really wealthy one. Um, and she left her estate to her father. And if her, she was a little bit miffed because she felt like she could do a better job with it than even her own father. Mm-hmm. But she yeah. she let it go. And she tried to ensure that she would inherit his wealth as well as her aunt's wealth. And so um, when her father finally died, she only got one million of his seven point five million dollar fortune, which today would be like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. So she started um, becoming preoccupied with her aunt's estate and her aunt actually screwed her out of her inheritance. So she started focusing heavily on just investing properly. And yeah. So in the 50 years between her inheritance and death, Hetty single-handedly accumulated somewhere between 100 to 200 million or two to five billion dollars today. Wow. Oh my God. And this was, w- when did she pass away? Okay. She died of pneumonia in 1916. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting is that a lot of people thought of her as being like non-hygienic because she would wear the same dresses over and over until they were literally falling off of her. She's kind of, kind of like Warren Buffett. And then he like, he wears stuff off the rack. Yeah. He, he drives the same car forever. Living yeah. In the same house in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. And people kind of had it out for her. So there were a lot of rumors about her. One was like that her son was injured in a sledding accident. So she took him to a charity hospital for free care, which may or may not have been true. Um, and when she was uh, denied, she refused to pay for treatment resulting in gangrene to, uh, that Aww. led to amputation. Now, these are stories. I don't know how many of these are true. So this is sort of interesting. So when she did die, um, uh, her son revealed that after her death, that she had quietly donated to charities and churches, even regularly supporting families with income. She also spoke publicly supporting the 1895 Brooklyn trolley worker strike, saying the poor have no chance in this country. So as, as much as she was sort of given this witch of Wall Street persona, she actually was a pretty decent, wealthy person in terms of giving back to the community. Mm-hmm. And um, people kind of love to knock down who's on top. 
Mm-hmm. One of those yeah. types of scenarios. Okay. Yeah. And she did have children and she, she left the estate um, to be split evenly between her children. And she, she actually, when she did marry um, her husband, who was later estranged, she had like one of the first early prenuptial agreements, which was really unusual. The, they say the prudent move of having the prenuptial agreement was almost unheard of at the time, especially for a woman, as men were still granted the rights to their wives' rights and property under coverture doctrine. Yeah. God, it's disgusting. So mm-hmm. for all of her quirks, she was actually a very savvy investor. And I think had she been a man, nobody would have said anything negative about her. It's just that they were jealous and they wanted to mm-hmm. take her down. But she she succeeded at growing the family wealth by quite a bit. And did her kids then, I'm wondering? like, Was she like, all right, you're six. We're going to learn finance. Well, they, the rule in the family was that spending off profit was okay as long as you, none of the family money was touched. So if you made your own money, you could do with it what you wanted. They didn't say what the children did with the money in terms of whether or not they increased the wealth or not, but they said they with were more likely to spend money than she was. They actually enjoyed yeah. money more. But I think she was sort of brainwashed by her dad into like, never waste a penny, you know? Yeah. yeah. There's a fine balance between that. Mm-hmm. There so, really is. Hetty Green, the witch of Wall Street. That's interesting. Yeah, I've like never that. heard of her. I like that. But there should be a movie about her too. Right. Mm-hmm. Very neat. Well, cool. I will take it home. Go ahead, Deborah. So my article, a little short and sweet, comes from the Toronto Sun, and it was published on January 9th of 2021. Okay. There is no author for this listed. In Moscow, in early January of this year, there was a Stalin-themed cafe. What? Yeah. And it opened up. And after one day of being open, it was forced to shut down. Oh, well, I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? So it's a shawarma shop. It was open for one day. A shawarma shop Mm -hmm. after Stalin. Okay, this is interesting. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-huh. It had a big picture of Stalin on the front door. And when you went into the restaurant, you were greeted by a Stalin-era military guard who would be like your server and whatnot. It served, the owner states that they served over 200 patrons in the first day. And he expected that there'd be a little bit of finagling, you know, oh, we're going to ruffle some feathers here, but he didn't expect it to be such a public outcry. Mm -hmm. And it was like a media, the media flocked over there. There were protests. Everyone was pissed off about it. So they closed. The police, first they were like, you got to take the picture down. So they had to basically strip this door. And then even then people were like, no, we're not going to stand for this Can we just kind thing. of explore the absurdity of this? Because it's like Germany opening up like Hitler's Mexican restaurant. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's totally bizarre. Stalin is noted for his mass repression, famine, labor camps, and then the conservative estimate of over 700,000 people who were executed during what they call the Great Terror. And More people was, died under Stalin than under Hitler. Yeah, than Hitler. Yeah. For sure. That, and that was between 1936 and nineteen thirty. And he killed his so. own countrymen and Ukrainians. <laughs> it's like, it's... Yeah. yeah. So all of that, like, this is what this guy is known for. And the reason that there were some people that were like, no, this isn't a bad thing is for this one reason. Some people from the former Soviet Union still regard Stalin as the leader as the leader who got them out of not out of Nazi Germany basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're like, well, there's that. 
<laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> like, Whoa. there are stories about when Stalin did finally die that people cried in the streets because mm-hmm. they didn't know what else to do. All of a sudden now, yeah. it's not they necessarily that he was yeah. a good guy. It's just that now they're going to be going to be thrown into a state of upheaval again. Yeah. What's the motivation behind the restaurant, though? I don't understand why somebody shock thought value? it was a good idea. I, he doesn't really say. I would assume shock, but also they're like, this is just a part of history. They're like, you can be a part of history, but you don't dedicate a restaurant to a terrible person. Yeah. That's just my own thoughts on it. Yeah. Anyway, it's still shut down. I don't see uh, this, this Stalin-themed cafe opening back up anytime soon. Um, but yeah, it was open for a day and 200 people went in. And uh, they're currently remodeling to <laughs> Lennon's Library. There you go. Yeah. It's like yeah. the Epstein Burger Grill. You know, it's like, what? Yeah, like, why I mean, would you do just, that? I mean, it's still not in the same category as this. But yeah. yeah, I read it and I was like, who is out of their mind to think that that was going to be greatly received? Yeah, well, by the 200 public? people did. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. I think it's partly crazy. just the shock of it. Like, they're like, look at this place. This is crazy. Let's see what it's all about. You know, it's sort of like that uh, restaurant. In, I think it's like South Korea or something where everything's bathroom themed. So you sit at a table that's like over a tub Toilet? Oh, and you okay. sit on toilet seats and you like you eat chocolate soft serve out of little toilet seats, little toilets. I mean, I could I could still see myself being like, hey, why not? Let's do this for that. But I'm not yeah. going into a Stalin themed restaurant. Yeah. So that is it. It is short and sweet. But I'm like, what a world that we live in. Yeah. Somebody would think, yeah, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> There's some, I mean, just look at the state of Florida. A lot of this is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like just. I don't know. That takes it to a different level. Like 700,000 people died at the hands of this person and we're going to celebrate him with a restaurant themed around him. Some weird shit out there and some <laughs> weird people. That's for sure. Yeah. So we got some good articles. Yeah, we, started, we did. Uh, we started out with my mathematical genius. Mm-hmm. By who, surprise. Yeah. Acquired savant syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then, then we, we had went to Jesse's Witch of Wall Street. Hetty Green. Wall Street. Yeah. And then we've got my Stalin-themed restaurant in Moscow. Good idea, bad idea. Um, hello? <laughs> Dummy head over there. Uh, <laughs> I got to go with the uh, surprise genius. Yeah, I think so. It's just... I, uh, I was actually going to go with Stalin's restaurant. It's pretty out there, too. Hmm. Let's go Stalin's restaurant because... I've heard of this genius effect, this or this late onset savant syndrome, mm-hmm. uh, but I've never heard of someone Somebody actually having the balls stupid. and the idiocy to open up <laughs> a restaurant. To- what I think about is that, yeah, nice. you had to have financial backing. You yeah. had to have marketers. You had yeah. people building this. And then even if you reopen the restaurant as something normal, who wants to go knowing that the owners originally did that? Yeah. You. So... We got two for Stalin and one for the genius. <laughs> <laughs> two, two for, for Stalin. Stalin. Uh, yeah. No. Stalin for the win. I never Ooh. thought I'd say those words, you guys. Let's not. <laughs> let's not say that. Wait, let's see. Stupid Stalin restaurant for the win. There you go. There we go. Perfect. Well, thank you, everybody, for bringing their A game here. Mm-hmm. If you have something that you think would be great on the pod or you think you would make an amazing sparkler spot, we want to hear from you. Please reach out to us at our Gmail. That is 
sparkmyinterestpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us at our Twitter at interest underscore spark or at our Facebook or Instagram at sparkmyinterestpodcast. Jesse, how do they rate and review us? They can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, or any platform that allows them to give us five stars and an amazing review. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn diddly skiddity right there. <laughs> That's what you're going to do. <laughs> Something amazing. <laughs> uh, we need some reviews. Yeah. We need some amazing reviews. Yeah. Why'd you guys stop writing reviews? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, you know what? The next great review that we do get, let's read it on the air. Yeah. Yeah. Let's read it on the air. So if you're out there and you're listening and you're one of those people that hasn't given us five-star review, um, we want to hear from you and we're going to read it on the air. That's what we're going to do. I've made a decision, right? Sounds good. We're all on board. Um, Okay. But anyway, we'd love to hear from you. And until next week, we hope you get sparked. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.